Today on Lockdown Red Wings, they may have fallen forward to the Chicago Blackhawks in the preseason here, but Elmer Soderblom just might make the roster out of preseason. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for WWJ News Radio, and Scotty is host of Locked On Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And the Red Wings fell in game two of the preseason, four to two to the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, Scotty, it was it wasn't a bad game. I thought they competed fairly well. They out they outshot their opponent and out attempted their opponent, but I think the Blackhawks just did a better job of taking advantage of their opportunities. The Red Wings had a lot of good opportunities, just failed to convert on. But before we get into an in-depth breakdown, man, I noticed something. I was at the game, row one, right behind the uh, home net. It's great seats. And I noticed something sitting right. Oh, yeah, definitely. I noticed something sitting right there. The letters on the jerseys were above the tip of the wing, which that switched over to the right side of the jersey when Lidstrom became captain. It flipped. Iserman before that, it was always above the tip, and they switched it over because there was more space on that side. I noticed that it was back above the tip, and so there's two conspiracy theories I have on this. One, I hope it's kind of like their earn-the-curve type thing, you know, how like in the preseason the nameplates are straight. I'm hoping that you don't get the letter on the proper side until you're like officially the, the captain or assistant captain for the season. But my other conspiracy theory, that's just my other conspiracy theory is that they moved it back over there to make space for an ad on the jersey. And that's what I'm really afraid of, because if they moved the letter, the captaincies on the jerseys to make room for a jersey ad, because that's where everyone's jersey ads have been so far is on that right side. If they move the letters on the jerseys for a ad, I will be livid. Absolutely (laughs) pissed. You have no idea. (laughs) I, I have some semblance of an idea. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I certainly don't think it's the first one. Uh, I, I, like Dylan Larkin has to re, he's going into his no, third year. No, 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 no. I, I, why would they put it on the wrong side then? Maybe that's the new right side. Maybe they're they, just doing like a the old time. We're going to go back to the original way thing. But it doesn't, it's like halfway on the shoulder when they put it over there. They moved it back. They moved it over to this side for a reason. I don't know. I saw that and I was like, oh, because even the guy I was sitting next to was like, they're going to put an ad there, aren't they? And I was just like, no, I think man. That's probably like the the easiest like conspiracy to come up with. I don't know. Like, I, I don't, I'm not saying it's a slam dunk. I think the, the wings are. I would say that the wings would be are going to be one of the last dominoes to fall on that, just because like I, I think they do understand that people aren't going to be fans of it, and they do understand the original sixness of everything. But like, I mean, I I think that the ad is more likely than now. It is possible that I don't know. It's just like preseason jerseys. Like, <laughs> I, I hope that's right. I mean. Because let's be honest, the earn the curve thing is BS anyways. The the actual yeah. reason why they don't do curved lettering on preseason jerseys is because there's over 60 players. And so right. it's way easier to just apply a nameplate than to hand-stitch a curve, curved lettering to a jersey. That's the real reason. Earn the curve is a BS reason they, they fed to us 
to make us think that it meant something. When it doesn't, it was just out of sheer convenience. Correct. So this could have been the same thing. It could have just been easier because they're not like they're not like hand stitched letters. They're not. They weren't even full size. They're a lot smaller. Yeah, so, correct. They were way smaller. I mean, like, I just hope it's not for the advertisement thing. I'm so I'm so terrified of jersey ads. You have no idea. I mean, you have you have a very good idea. You've heard my tirade about it. I think like, everyone has a pretty good idea. Actually, <laughs> yeah, good point. I think everybody has a pretty good idea. Where you staying on that at this point? Yeah. But let's get into the game itself. Scotty, when talking about this 4-2 loss, what was the first thing, first person that stood out to you in the game? Uh, probably Soderblom. Yeah, that's, I think that's fair. I think so. Uh, he, he, I mean, he looks great. And, and the cool thing before the game, Daniela, I think, Daniela Bruce, I, I believe, was the first person to report it. But uh, she said that – well, it doesn't matter who was first. She did report it. And uh, she said that there was a request – from the front office, the the upper management of the Detroit Red Wings to get Soderblom top six minutes and special teams play. Yep. And that's what we saw. And he was great and looked awesome. And I, I, I think this is the best he's looked like prospects, training camp, red and white game, game one. Like, I think this is the best he's looked yet since we've gotten to see him this, uh, this whatever, I guess we're calling it this season. Well, and Derek Lalonde said as much in the uh, post-game press conference. Uh, Daniela Bruce, again, reported that Lalonde said... What a said, champ. What a star Daniela Bruce Oh, is. she's she, her transition into full-on like reporter has been phenomenal. She's, she's, she's and, great. And I love that last season, they especially gave her a couple opportunities in the radio booth with Ken Cowell yeah. when Paul Woods is out. She was fantastic on color commentary. And they, yeah. They're like increasing... It really feels like they're grooming her to become you know, full-time color commentary when either uh, Mick or Paul Woods decides to hang him up, so to speak. Yeah. Cause she's, she seems like a perfect fit for it. She knows the game. She's, I could go on and on about how she's good great. Danielle Bruce she's has great. been. Um, but Elmer Soderblom, I mean, yeah, Derek Lalonde said he looked great in the first game. He looked even better in this game. He looked excellent in this game. We saw it with the eye test. He was everywhere on the ice, making things happen. He was uh, forcing turnovers. He was back checking. It's just, I mean, it's so easy when you're that tall and have that kind of reach and can skate well. But <laughs> back checking <laughs> when you're seven feet tall. Yeah, <laughs> sick. It's so cool to watch a forward do it too. The the one thing that I noticed that I I is just an intangible thing that no other like forward can really do with how big he is. Really is. When they were, there was one play it was really early in the game, and there was one play where they were rotating, and him and Cider were on the ice at the same time. And Cider, oh, we'll, we'll get to Cider. He looked fantastic, and I know, like we kind of expected that, but he looked really good. Um, Cider had had peeled off from like back left. And he was just skating around doing like Moritz Sider stuff, right? Where he was just being fast and awesome and a great skater and being incredible. And like was puck handling. And Soderblom just like kind of stayed back and then just acted as like left side D-man for the play because he's massive. And he was like, yeah, this this works. And it looked like it was just Moritz Sider back there. I was like, oh, wow, that's that's over Soderblom. So I just think that's like, like, again, that's like an intangible thing. Like, obviously, the switch is like what you teach, and like, that's that's obviously part of the game. But the intangible thing of him just looking like a, a defenseman back there when those switches happen is, is something that you know can't really be taught or trained for. It's just like, oh, you're 
like six seven, so that's just gonna happen. Well, and it's crazy to watch his evolution too. I mean, he was a sixth round. We we've talked about it on end. He's a sixth round draft pick, but then we remember a couple of years ago in the World Juniors when he's having those the soft hands in front of the net, and it kind of puts you on puts him on your radar, and you're like, this guy's interesting. Let's keep an eye on him. And his evolution, he's just become such a well rounded, complete player since then. Like. I legitimately think he has a shot to make this team out of preseason. And the fact that the fact that management is asking him to play top six minutes in special teams, and then he goes out there and he excels. He led the team in Corsi four percentage at 80% at five on five and a relative of 26%. So when he was on the ice, the team generated 26 more scoring or shooting attempts than when he was off the ice, 26% more shooting attempts when he was on the ice than when he was off the ice that, that led the team. He was fantastic in this game as a winger at that, like not yeah. even a center, like a center is the most, you know, impactful position as a winger. He had led the team in Corsi four relative. And then, you know, it, it, they expected goals four percentage relative, which is the quality. I saw this Scotty and I didn't believe it. He has an expected goals, four percentage relative of 41.95% in this game. His expected goals, four percentage is better than his Corsi four percentage relative by almost 20%. By almost 20%. Like, that is insane to me. Because expected goals for is the quality of the shot attempt factored in as well, not just the shot attempt. Which means he was even more impactful when you take into the into account the where that shot came from and how it was produced. He looked fantastic in this game. There's another guy, too, I want to I specifically um, shout out. But before we get to that, I do got to talk to you guys today about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We're singing the praises of Elmer Soderbloom. Uh, and before, Scotty, before I get to the, my other player that I really loved in this game today, did you? is there any final things you need to say about Elmer? Get off your chest? I don't think so. I, I mean, it was just a – you could still – it wasn't a perfect game either. Like, there was still – there's a couple of – Well, they uh, lost, right? <laughs> well, yeah, but there was, there was a couple of moments, especially in the third – uh like just skating moments where he just like tried to make a move and literally just fell like just fell over and that's he got, you know he got laid out along the boards at one point too yeah yeah he did but but i mean there was there was two that i remember where he literally just was like trying to to make a move skating and like no one like you know he, he contact was being made like it's you know but he didn't get hit he didn't get tripped up or anything just like fell and so that's you know that'll come with development and whatnot but I thought he looked fantastic. Yeah, that, that was really the biggest thing. And and like I said, the uh, like the versatility he has just by being huge is something that you can't teach, and it's going to be awesome to see if he keeps developing. Just like uh, Jeremy Biakabatuka was phenomenal in this game from the back end of the ice, I am falling in love with this right-handed defenseman, this, this camp invitee. I mean, I think at this point, you know, there's still six more games of the preseason, but unless he has a hard fall off, I think he's an easy, you know, entry level contract re- recipient. I-, I think that he's 100% going to get signed because he's been very, very good. I was his motor in this game, and he's obviously got something to prove, so he's going to go 100%. But 
but he was finishing his checks. He was playing good, solid defensive yeah. d- defense in the defensive zone. He was taking good shots. I mean, he led the team in expected goals, four percentage relative. He was better than Elmer Soderblom in that regard. He was third on the team in Corsi four percentage. But so when you factor in that, 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 that quality of the shot, he was the best player on the team. And the eye test matched that he was very solid out there on the ice. And, you know, I didn't quite realize how big he is either because, big. you know, when, when you're there in big person, big. you're like, Oh crap, he's a, he's a big boy too. Yeah. And just, I was really impressed again with his p- play in this game. I mean, he's just been very solid. He skates really well. He handles the puck well. So, I mean, not only do I think he's going to get an entry-level contract, I mean, he's kind of making a case, in my opinion, for making the roster over certain other guys. I mean, I think Gustav Lindstrom hasn't looked that strong so far in these first two preseason games. He's looked okay, but not that great. But, you know, we're playing on, we're, we're talking about a team right now who there's no guarantees on any player. I mean, any player could beat out anyone. If Biakovatuka looks well, better than... There's a couple, but yeah, There's yes, a couple. You're, you're set, especially when you get to, like, bottom six forwards and bottom pair plus seventh D man, like that's where you really get like, there is definitely no guarantees. Yeah. I mean, I was really impressed with him again. I I really hope he receives an entry level contract and uh, at the very least goes to Grand Rapids because he looked great. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Uh, Simon Edvinson though. So here's the thing. He was good and also not good at the same time. It really depended really on the shift. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. I, I think that, uh, I don't know. I he, I mean, we can go a spade a spade. He, he, he wasn't very good, uh, especially I, I thought in the second and third periods, I didn't think he was good. But there were definitely flashes and plays where he did. And there were some plays that he really didn't. And I think that the positioning later in the game especially i thought was not great there was a lot of well a lot might be dramatic but there were several pretty bad turnovers uh there were a couple of moments where i mean just straight up he couldn't get like a stick on the puck like there was a couple of uh you know the chicago was trying to get the puck out of the zone and he was right there and could have just put the puck, the stick on the puck and kept the ball and uh, kept the ball, kept the puck in the zone (laughs) and it just, you know, went right past him and got past the blue line and everything like that happened a couple of times. And it happened late uh, in the third at one point. Um, Yeah. I I mean, I kind of looked a little timid. I thought at, at times just in the sense of, you know, really crashing and, and really, going after either the puck handler or uh, just like finishing a hit or whatnot. I don't, I don't know. Like it, it, there, there were certainly flashes of really good play too. He made a couple of really nice passes that really impressed me uh, in the first period. I, I thought offensively, like that's where you kind of saw the flashes of like this dude, if like he, he could really be special on both ends of, of the puck and just offensively and defensively. I thought he really highlighted some of those in the first, like I said, a couple of really good, uh, zone entry passes, a couple of kind of like almost playing quarterback plays that we've seen from Cider last year and honestly, Heronic the year before that. I, I thought that he was, um, yeah, th- there were certainly some some good plays to hang your hat on, but I think as a whole, you know, a lot, lot, of, lot of room to, to grow still and a lot of stuff still yet to prove to uh, solidify a spot on the roster. Yeah, so it, it's weird. Um, he one he led the Red Wings in time and ice total. He he played 22 minutes, which was 
about 30 seconds more than more cider that, in this game. Yeah, I they gave that. him a Playing lot of as much as possible. Yeah, um, I want I want to get the the most looks at, at him as possible. Yeah. So, yeah. Derek alone said that he had an excellent first period, which I would agree with for the most part. Um, and then yeah, second and third period, he was, was the really bad turnover right next to that. I thought it was the first period, but yeah. my, my point being here is that he was solid all game long. I, I thought that he looked solid all game long, except for a when few, he didn't. but <laughs> the thing is, is, when he was out there, he looked fine, but then he it was the mistakes. The mistakes he made were big mistakes, and you cut yeah. those out when, as you like, you become more refined, and he's going to be a great player. You definitely see the ceiling on Simon Edmondson. Absolutely, and but, it's very high, and it's very exciting, and I want to keep watching him play 22 minutes for the rest of the preseason. Like, his, his every every offensive metric you look at has him as a positive asset in this game, yep. but he made a couple boneheaded mistakes, a couple, like, just rookie mistakes. I don't know how to put it otherwise. Like the turnover in front of the net that everyone keeps talking about. I mean, when I, I and, and this isn't a humble brag, but like I, I was right behind. I, I was on the glass today and it was the puck came to him. The puck came to him from the pass and I could see it. He looked up before the pass got on his tape to look for an outlet pass. And because he had, he was thinking a step ahead, he missed the pass and that caused yeah. the turnover. I mean, that's just, that's a rookie mistake. That's something that you, that's going to be taught out of him. So when I see things like that, when I see mistakes get made like that, I'm not worried because those are fixable mistakes. It's not his overall play that is suffering. It's these little mistakes he's making there that are unfortunately having a big impact. But if you, but these, though, all the mistakes he's making, like I said, are fixable mistakes. It has nothing to do with his overall play style or the way he's approaching the game. It's just brain farts, but those yeah. are, those are fixable. It's the difference between teachable mistakes and like unteachable intangible stuff that you yeah. just like don't have. And like, he very much has like every intangible you could want. It just uh, a lot of, yeah, several, you know, multiple plays in this one that uh, just were, yeah, like, like you said, teachable, but they were mistakes. And so I, uh, yeah, I'm really pumped to see him like continue to play i want him to get again i really want him to get as much possible playing time like yeah as possible (laughs) for the remainder of uh of the preseason i think that's that would make everybody happy i want him to continue getting 20 plus minutes a night put him on the top pair i don't i don't care put him out there as much as possible um because it's still like when when some of the plays he made in, in this game you know in the same breath were pretty pretty incredible and he has he's a very solid skater and like i said he made a really he made a couple of really nice passes that i thought were really impressive and um yeah positioning offensively i thought was solid he he was good he was good it was just there were uh enough mistakes where overall when you look at the entire game you go yeah probably not the best performance but you saw why he's so highly regarded in the same breath yeah it was it was definitely an more to come out of him for sure. sure. I, I'm I'm not writing him off of making the Red Wings roster right now, but I think that he needs to yeah, show no, a little bit more not. to guarantee it. I mean, right now Soderblom's looking more, like more of a lock than Edvinson, if I'm being honest. Not that I'm again, not that I'm trying to disparage Edvinson whatsoever, but That's Soderblom didn't make like. those mistakes that Edvinson did, if you know what I'm saying. For sure. For sure. Um when we come back, 
we'll talk about the Sherratt and Cider pairing, what our initial thoughts of that was, including goaltending and a surprise Matt Luff when we come back. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty, do you want to, let's talk about, I think I feel like Sherratt and Cider is a good place to start because we'll probably have the most to say about that. What was your initial thoughts when you watched that pairing out there? I really liked it. I, I thought it was good in this game and there's, there's still a lot to prove and, and we're going to take everything in stride and whatnot. But I thought that, that it was a, it was a really solid performance. I think that, I mean, first and foremost, Maritz Sider looked unbelievable. And like, we, we knew that, but like, he really, <laughs> when you don't watch him for whatever, four months and you get to see him again, you're like, Oh my goodness. I forgot almost how unbelievable you are at your job. <laughs> He was, he was so good. And, and he, I mean, everything. Like, when he was quarterback, he was unbelievable. When he was, you know, in the defensive zone, he was great. It was just constant. He's a superstar the, man in the main. Yeah. The, the only, like, slip up, really, of the entire game was, like, 12 seconds into the game. That was, like, it. Like, he kind of got, he, he kind of, whatever, like, against the boards and then tried to come out and kind of make up for it and, like, you know, didn't work, and they went down one nothing early. But, like, besides that, he was nearly flawless. He's a star. Um, watching him skate is just so fun. Like, he's just – it's just different. Like, he's – than any other big A defenseman you've ever seen. You know what I mean? Like, it's just – it's so different. He's so good. He's so good. So, it was really fun just to see him back on the ice and just see how good he is. Um, so, that was nice. But, yeah, the the, the pair – I, I liked it, and I thought Sherratt, um, we definitely saw a little bit of the physicality, like definitely finished some hits, and and with a couple of the hits that he finished, you saw, like, okay, he went out and went to puck handler, finished that hit, puck handler got rid of the puck, and now there's a hole, you know, <laughs> right kind of in that slot area or, or even in front of the net because he went out and one after the the at the time the puck handler so like you saw that but I don't think it was too costly in this game something you know we know what we're getting with him but I thought in this game it, it was a it was a fine it was a fine pair I thought they looked good for the you know the first action we've really seen them together in I mean I think Sherratt was I mean I, I don't want to have anything to add with Cider Cider looked like Cider he looked excellent yeah. um but I think with Sherratt he was pretty much as advertised a really physical defenseman hard to yep. play against in the defensive zone um you know, offensive wise, he I think he broke even with uh, eleven shot attempts for eleven shot attempts against, which is fifty percent, which is right where you want to be at. Really, yep. um, the Red Wings outshot the Blackhawks, so relative, he's technically in the negative. But I'm not really too concerned. Again, preseason, I'm not really too concerned about that. I thought I liked what he brought. I liked. I think that that was um, a really good you know, a really good mix of their two play styles, especially with the fact that they're both pretty physical, but you know, cider being a little bit more offensive minded, a little bit more seamless with the puck and yeah. Sherrod just well, being the exciting part of it. Right. Yeah. So like I liked it overall. The possibilities are, are it's fun to, to theorize and, and think about, you know, the heights that they could reach, but yeah, I mean, it was fine. I, you know, I, I don't think we saw anything that made me go, Oh my goodness, the ceiling of this pair is going to be unbelievable. But at the same time, I, I didn't think, I definitely didn't watch it and go, oh, this is going to be an issue either. Like they, no. they really played off each other pretty well. And I think as they continue playing with each other, they'll they'll only even uh, get better at that. So uh, I also thought Matt Luff looked great. I Shout thought out Matt Luff. Yeah. Man. 
He's somebody, he was a signing they made in the offseason, which I was like, oh, Grand Rapids depth, depth. And in this game, he, he really played well. In fact, I think if you if you want to go back to those advanced metrics that you probably hate that I bring up constantly. No, I love um, it. He was fifth on the team in expected goals for percent, uh, percentage relative at five on five. So at five on five, the team was better, had better scoring opportunities when he was in the ice. And it showed. He was like how Bianca Batuka was on the back end. He was aggressive on the forecheck, aggressive on the back check, not afraid to use his body. And yet another guy where I was like, oh my God, this guy's huge. Like Matt Luff's huge too. And like Steve Eisman has a type. Like we already knew that. <laughs> he only signs big guys. But he he looked really good. And I mean, he is a guy who has NHL experience. He's not yep. he's not like a rookie. So he's just not a guy I thought when they signed him would be, you know, campaigning for an NHL roster spot. Not that he'll necessarily get one after two preseason games. I'm not going to make that guarantee, but he's definitely showing everything he's got out there. I was really impressed with how, how good he played in this game. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I don't, I don't have too much to add, but I, I definitely agree. I thought that he was a plus. Um, I'm just trying to go through in my head and see if there, I, we should probably talk about Ned. Goaltending? Yeah. yeah. We should probably talk about goaltending, right? That's probably yeah, something we it. should we should discuss. Yeah, Ned, you know, not the sharpest game. Um, I didn't think the first goal was really like that was just pretty Swiss cheese defense, the one that was 12 seconds in the game. That was pretty rough. That was a great shot and from a great spot. So that's like what happens usually in hockey when those two things mix. Um, so like that one I, I wasn't really too uh, upset about with Ned, but I mean and like the second one was very much uh we were aggressive on offense and nobody was back. And that one was kind of a breakaway ish type of goal as well. So like, I don't know. I don't want to just be the dude that forever for the rest of Ned's career is like, well, if the defense was good, cause like, that's what we did all year last year. But I don't know, like the, the, the two goals, I don't know. I don't know. You don't want to overreact quite yet. You know? Yeah, um, but I, I mean, certainly wasn't his sharpest either. I thought that both goals were uh, this second one, especially. I thought both goals were very, uh, I don't know, savable, I guess you'd say. But like, it's the first look he's getting of, of live action this year or whatever. I mean, let me put it to you this way. And again, we, we don't want to keep making excuses for goaltending. Goaltending has to own up. And Nadalkovich didn't look his best in this game. There, there's no denying that. I mean, he let in two, two, of the, two or three of the goals are on him. I think maybe. I think. Two, two, um, all four. Actually, the, definitely two. All four of the Blackhawks' goals in this game came from high danger scoring areas. Like, again, you don't want to make those mistakes. He still has to make the saves, but also recognize that he wasn't dealt the best hand. I mean, look at the Blackhawks' goals, right yeah. low in the slot, right in front of Nedeljkovic, and then one off to the side of the net. I mean, that's yeah. three high danger shot attempts against. That's that's not good. That's I mean, that's why in the end, even though the Red Wings dominated the shot attempts, the Blackhawks won because they had a lot of high danger shot attempts that they were able to convert on. The Red Wings didn't get that. The Red Wings had a better heat map overall, more sporadic all over the place, but the Blackhawks was concentrated. They took, again, they took advantage of those opportunities they were given. I mean, that's what made the difference. It was literally the flip of what we saw yesterday. Right. I mean, who on the Blackhawks did you recognize? Like I, I saw Matt Savoy out there. Right. That was like it. Besides Soderblom, their goalie, you know, right. El Elmer's brother. Right. I was like, oh, I recognize that name. So, <laughs> and the Red Wings had a lot of like actual NHL talent. They had Cider, they had Raymond, they had 
Larkin. They had Perron. They have Sherrod. They had Nadalkovich starting in net. But they weren't able to beat them, even though they outshot the Blackhawks. It was just another, it was the reverse of what we saw yesterday. So Nadelkovich, he didn't play his best, but again, he was not helped out by wh- where those shot attempts came from. But, you know, you have to play that. You have to, you have to keep that careful balance of like, you don't want to blame it all on him, but also recognize he bears responsibility as well. For sure. Uh, and well, again, probably looking too much into two periods in the, preseason but yeah uh what about uki nora what'd you think i mean sure only let up one goal like that's you know cool looked like a goalie to me looked like a goalie to me yeah and like that's why we brought you know that's why you bring them in because you need goalie depth and we saw last year what happens when you only have one goalie and you just run him out there every night including back-to-backs like eventually that's not going to be able to be a thing so yeah i uh it looks like a goalie to me. I agree, and he'll be he will be utilized as as such. He will be utilized as uh, you know important goalie depth for this team. So as we wrap it up here, we probably should mention the guy who scored both the goals for the Red Wings and uh, Adam Ernie. Um, Shout his out second, Adam Ernie, man, his second goal in particular was actually very nice. Um, that oh, that back Pew and Suter, forth, beautiful pass by the way. Yeah, Pew Suter, great setup. Waited like was patient, then you got it right. In front of the net, right at the right time. Beautiful. It was a, the entire play breaking into the zone. I mean, that was a goal that came off the rush, and yeah. it was a nice pass. It was a clean zone entry, nice passing play. I believe begun by Adam Ernie down a piece suitor down the side of the net. Like you said, it showed excellent patience to go back to Ernie, Ernie who released it, and then Ernie, of course, scored the very first goal. And like, dude, eleven a goal, eleven seconds, and we got to stop doing that. That was all the pro. We did that all last year. Too. I know, we did it all of last year. year, and now two games in a row, they've we've given up goals in the first like ninety seconds. I mean, of course, Adam Ernie went and got it back immediately. But I mean, Adam Ernie had two goals in this game, and you know, we don't talk about it enough. But he's kind of competing for a roster spot at this at this point. Mm-hmm. He's probably your fourth line winger, most available. Uh, him and Smith, probably the mm-hmm. most readily. Oh, got to get shout out Giovanni, by the way. Got to see him back on the ice. He's on the Beautiful ice sight. Beautiful but, sight. I mean, yeah, he's he's got he's got to be trying super hard right now too, and he had two goals, which I think is going to sure. help make a case for him. For sure, absolutely. Uh, anything else? Did we? Did anything else that stood out to you that we got to mention? Um, I don't think so, man. I mean, like I said, good to see Giovanni back out there. <laughs> um. No, I think that was it, though. I mean, like, power play didn't look as good as it did yesterday, so that's something to keep an eye on. Um, penalty kill gave up, you know, not perfect anymore. So, again, something to keep an eye on. But, uh, you know, game two of the preseason. Let's uh, we'll, we'll ride it out. I don't think so. I think that's, I think that's everyone. Yeah. Anyone of note, at least. I mean... Larkin was just, Oh yeah. Everyone that like, you know, there was a noteworthy thing to say about. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow's an off day, so to speak for the Red Wings. So what we're going to do is betonline.ag came out with some odds. Well, you I hope Raymond's look. okay. That was the other thing. I know yeah, I was forgetting okay. something. He got elbowed in the face and like skated off the ice with like five minutes left in the game. That was not pretty. So he's, He's good. Hope he's good, but he's good. He's good. He's good. He's good. I get he's good. Fine. We speak it into existence, buddy. He's good. He's fine. Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. I agree. Um, 
but yeah, betonline.net released some odds for over-unders on player points, player goals, uh, goals against average, and like chances of winning Norris. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. I put some polls out, respond to those. You guys asked some questions on Twitter. We're going to respond to those. And then uh, preview as best we can the Washington game on Friday. Of course, again, preseason, so you can only preview so much when you don't know what the lineup's going to look like night to night. There's 60 people on this roster right now, guys. So it's really hard to predict what's going to happen in the game. <laughs> Correct. So, uh, we'll be back with you guys tomorrow. Same time, same place. Bet online. It's bet online every day. Every day. <laughs>